0: Welcome back, everybody, for Episode 4 of the Mighty Thor Podcast. My name is Ed, and with me, as always... Terry. Hello, Terry. How are you?
1: I'm just fine. How are you doing, Ed?
0: Pretty good. Pretty good. Good. So, uh, Terry and I sit down uh, together every couple of weeks and talk some Thor comics. Uh, today, before we get into the comics, though, we want to... Uh, talk about our first email to you guys that we have gotten, and this is from, and I most definitely apologize if I do not get the name correctly, but the the name on the email is Wushang and the last name is SZ. I have no idea how to pronounce that, so I'll just say Wushang. So Wushang writes, hey guys. I just wanted to write in and let you know that I'm enjoying the podcast. It's nice to see my favorite Marvel character seeing some love. I do, however, have a couple of things to mention from your latest podcast. And this is probably from Episode 3, but I think he talks about maybe Episode 2 or 1 also. So, First, you mentioned in the Journey into Mystery recap that you didn't understand why Thor would exclaim who Loki was as external monologue. The thing to remember is that at this point, Thor was generally depicted as having Dr. Donald Blake's mind and memories. You yourselves mentioned this while going over Thor's first appearance, where Blake practices using the powers of Mjolnir to see how they matched up with the legends. Personally, I took it more as Blake slash Thor thinking that is who it was, but wanted to make sure. I'm not sure if that helps make the external monologue less painful for you, but if you keep that in mind when reading, I think you'll find it less annoying at the very least. The second is about Bill. Uh, this is from the current volume of Thor. Kendra's lover who died. He was as Asgardian. He was a mortal who met Kendra during a getting-to-know-the-neighborhood style of party shortly after Asgard was plopped down into Midgard-slash-Earth. The two fell in love, and when the Asgardians left the U.S. for Latveria, Bill went with them. He was killed when he learned Doom was manipulating and experimenting on Asgardians and tried to warn them. He died fighting three Asgardians in Thor 608, I think it was. I don't have the issue in hand right now, and earned his place in Valhalla. Kendra meets with his parents in Thor 609, a siege tie-in. now, that is part of this current volume that we just haven't read, and Siege was a big event that was in all of the Marvel books and included the Thor book as well. That's where um, Osborne, the leader of Hammer, sent Hammer against Asgard to try to bring all the Asgardians under sway like he had been doing with the superheroes. Oh, And to answer a question, this is uh, Wang Shu continuing, asked on Podcast 3, Marvel's Thor isn't very much like the mythological Thor at all. In the mythos, he's a red-headed, short-tempered, I don't want to say moron, but he wasn't the sharpest knife in the drawer. Lady Sif, or Sifia, on the other hand, was a blonde, but Marvel gave her black hair for the comics. There are all kinds of differences, including the enchantment on Mjolnir, even what Mjolnir was made of. Mythological Mjolnir could only be lifted by two beings, Thor and his son Magni. It wasn't an enchantment, but more pure, raw physical strength. Mythological Mjolnir Mjolnir wasn't made of Uru metal. It was made of iron in most myths, stone in others. The Uru metal thing for Marvel came from a writer not realizing that the hammer already had a mythological name, so he named it Uru. When a reader called him on it, they changed it so that Uru was the metal it was made from, not the hammer itself. Also, he couldn't get anywhere near Bifrost because the raw power of Mjolnir would destroy the bridge. That's the rainbow bridge that connects Midgard and Asgard. Can you tell that Thor's my favorite Marvel character? And he signs it, uh, We, I believe it's pronounced W-E-I. So, all right. Well, Terry, there we go. There's our first first bit of, of actual feedback.
1: hmm Thank you.
0: And that's pretty cool.
1: Pretty cool. All right. And, and it is 608 where Kendra informs Bill's parents of his death. They don't really show, because I looked at 607 and 608, and they don't really show the battle where he killed the three Asgardians because of the secrets that he had discovered. All I saw was... Um, in 608 where Kendra was at Bill's parents' house telling him how she how they died, how he oh, died.
0: okay, okay. Okay, well, cool. Well, maybe, I mean, you know, maybe if we get the time, we'll sit down and try to read just this volume of Thor. Actually, this weekend we got the last trade paper back, so we now have all of those uh, on on paper now, and we can read up to where we started the podcast and at least, maybe catch up with that much of of Thor if we, again, if we find the time to to do that. All right. So uh, this episode is going to be a uh, a retro episode. All the books are the Journey into Mystery books, uh, volume the 1952 volume. First book up for discussion today is issue 87. Um, looking at the cover, we see that Thor is in some kind of Castle or maybe fortress here on the cover. Uh, He's got some some monster mammoth chains on, man, chaining his...
1: Honking chains.
0: Yeah, his hands together and his feet together. Uh, Laying at his feet is the hammer. We see in the background are three or four regular uh, people kind of um, shabbily dressed like uh, castaways or maybe prisoners or something, tied up. And then in the foreground here, we see several guns being held on Thor, and one dude holding a gun is in a green uniform with a big red star on a, on his epaulette on his shoulder. Uh, the captions are Thor speaking. These chains are electronically treated. I cannot break them. And then in uh, kind of a, a blazoned text on there reads, Prisoner of the Reds. So... This episode, this issue, I mean, I guess uh, Thor faces one of the two great enemies of comic book heroes in the sixties mm-hmm. so all right, the story opens with a woman receiving a note from her husband. Uh, her husband is a scientist, and the note is explaining to her that he has defected and is going to live behind the iron curtain and serve. The Reds.
1: Ah, uh, the dreaded communists.
0: Yes, indeed. So, um, he apparently is the fifth scientist that is defected to the communist side, and this information is um, handed out over the news. Uh, Dr. Blake sees it, and he decides that uh, Thor probably needs to to go and see if there's something that can be done, so... Uh, Blake tries to figure out a way that he can, he can get over there so that in turn Thor will be there. So he goes, uh, Dr. Blake goes to a contact of his, Colonel Edward Harrison with the U.S. Army Intelligence. And apparently this Colonel Edward knows that Blake is Thor. And so Blake Tells him what his cover story will be. And. I
1: don't know. Oh think no, wait, so. no,
0: he doesn't know East Or, I'm sorry. Yeah,
1: no, that's okay.
0: But, he, he's just trying to convince the, uh, the Colonel to let him go over there. Okay, I'm sorry.
1: Right. And basically, the colonel's like, why in the world do you want to do this? And, and like, thinks really fast, well, my bum Lego could never serve in the war, so...
0: Right, yeah, I, I wasn't able to help with Korea, but maybe I can help with this. Okay. Something, when I read it, something made me think initially that he knew, but, yeah, you're, he, he doesn't know it all because Blake even says that, so I, I don't know what I was thinking, so... Um, so after the meeting... Um, Blake turns to Thor and and zooms off. He uh, follows the plan and starts working on a new virus. And that puts him in the sights of whoever has been uh, dealing with these scientists. And the next day, after articles in the paper about what Blake is doing, a, a newspaper man comes to take pictures of the Dr. Blake working for a story, and in the camera is a device that emits a hypnotic gas that puts Blake to sleep with um, – well, not asleep, but under, under hypnosis. Um, the saboteur or the agent or whatever you want to call him directs Blake to write a, a letter um, – probably explaining that he had defected just like the other scientists did, and then they leave, uh jump on a, a nearby <laughs> jet fighter that is conveniently parked nearby. That's that's how all mm-hmm. the reds travel. So and then they fly off to the lands behind the Iron Curtain. Um, Blake wakes up from his hypnotic state, finds himself with the other missing scientists. And is trying to figure out how he can turn into Thor so that he can start doing some stuff, rescuing some people and beating up some bad guys. But realizes that, well, he can't turn into Thor right now because all the other prisoners there will see, make the connection that he is Thor. But, conveniently enough, the, the, uh, soldiers, the, uh, captors, I guess? Yes. Um, come in and 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 break up this group of scientists and and decide that they're going to put each in it in his own his or her own individual cell. And so, with that done, Blake is now alone in his cell and and uses the opportunity to turn into Thor. Oddly enough, to me, rather than just beating the heck out of the wall until it fell down to get out, he decides to spin his hammer and create a, a whirlstorm that finally. Shatters the wall or or punch it he probably could have punched through the wall too, so uh, I guess maybe that's creative license I don't know
1: little mythos, uh, it's, it's kind of boring just seeing him use strength and stuff, and we gotta have a little hammer action,
0: I guess yeah, so um, he gets out, and the soldiers see that he's out, and to get away from the soldiers he then rubs the uh, top part, the the mallet end of his hammer, quickly with his hands and creates friction that causes sparks to be emitted that momentarily blind the soldiers. So he then runs away, um, escapes a, a, a trap door. He, he falls into a uh tank of sharks, and he uses the spinny hammer trick and creates a whirlpool to get away from the sharks, and then makes his way to where the head guy is, and the guy, basically the the head, I hate to say this, the head red. <laughs> okay.
1: Oh yeah, I hate you said that too. Yeah, the
0: uh, the, the the main... <laughs> The main red is ready for him and tells him, you know, we've got the building rigged with explosives. If you don't give up, we're going to blow it up, and it's it's all going to fall down on your American friends. So, of course, Thor, being the humanitarian that he is, gives up, uh, drops his hammer, and then they grab him and chain him up in those big-ass chains that you see on the cover of the, the book. Um, as a matter of fact... Three links of the chain is all it takes to go all the way across Thor's chest. So it's a pretty daggone big chain. Um, The soldiers leave to attend to some other things because they feel they have Thor secured and and can leave him there. Well, without touching his hammer for 60 seconds, he reverts back to Don Blake, who is much smaller than Thor and can – Slip out of the chains he goes and reacquires the hammer now, releases the other captives, uh, digs a tunnel under the under the the prison or the the fortress for them and and they escape out into the woods. Thor goes back inside to take care of the reds and this time when he's confronted by soldiers, he taps the hammer on the ground and creates a thunderstorm that basically trashes the fortress or well, not basically it trashes the fortress so he um, he he just leaves the soldiers there he I guess he feels that he 's done enough by taking away their their castle and then he rejoins the other Americans that are running running away in the forest as don Blake he and and these other scientists then um Meet up with some other people that help them escape, help, they, they smuggle them back to America. And we see at the end of the episode, issue, Don and Jane doing their normal thing. Uh, Jane is thinking about how dreamy Thor is and Don is wishing that he could tell Jane that he is Thor and, and so that's, yeah typically where it ends so okay that was issue 87 of journey into mystery uh terry any thoughts
1: it was okay it was a it was a a story contained within itself and i know that you like that and and it didn't deserve to be going on to do something else so that was good for me um (laughs)
0: Okay. Well, that's the first time we saw him rub the the mallet part of the hammer. And make
1: sparks and blind everybody. Create sparks, yeah. Yeah. First time we saw him tunnel underground, too.
0: Tunnel, yes. Swinging the hammer like a big digger and digging. Yeah. 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 Which is funny, because you would think that he was digging a pretty big hole, but Mm -hmm. when they popped up, it looked like just big enough for one person to crawl through. But yet swinging that big hammer, I mean, it was a – it was drawn – completely extended the length Uh of his arm. So, you know, you're looking at, what, nine or ten foot tall tunnel.
1: The tunnel tunnel under the earth was probably bigger than the hole then coming up through the earth.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, I see. Okay. So, um, issue 88, Journey into Mystery. We see on the cover... Um,
1: Odin.
0: Yeah, let's see. We see Odin, Loki, and Thor. Um, looks like Loki is attacking Thor with uh, some kind of bolt, maybe a magic bolt or just lightning or something like that. Looks like Thor is trying to fight back because he's, he's swinging his hammer. Um Odin says, heed my words, Thor, though both of you are my sons, you must defeat the evil Loki for the sake of mankind. Loki is saying, nothing can save you, thunder god, for now I know the secret of your hammer. And Thor is saying, I shall not fail, noble Odin. No matter what the cost, Loki shall not menace the earth. So
1: There's little earthlings down here being all scared and menaced.
0: Cowering, aren't they? Yes. Yes, they're cowering. Yeah, nowadays you don't see text captions on uh covers very much, if really yeah, not. Yeah, I've
1: noticed that. I've noticed that in the it's, new ones we're doing.
0: It, it's all big art mm-hmm. things, not, not you know. Heck, nowadays we're lucky if what's on the cover has anything to do with what's in the book. So, you know. All right, let's see here.
1: Which we didn't say the last book but it was Lee Lieber and Kirby and as well as this one is Lee Lee Lieber and Kirby.
0: Yes, yes, that is that is correct. We didn't mention that uh Lee and Lieber writing and Jack King Kirby drawing. And it's the same with this issue. And I believe the same with the next issue of Okay. Journey into Mystery. I think most of these that had Thor uh, mm-hmm. were were Lee and Kirby. So we'll we'll find out definitely as we go along. All right. The story opens – actually, this issue, 88, opens where issue 85
1: – I do believe it was 85.
0: Where 85 left off, and that was, if you recall, uh, Thor had defeated Loki and, and attached him to his hammer and basically threw him back to Asgard. So this story opens with Loki's return to Asgard that way and the hammer going back to Thor – and everyone there sees Loki come back, knowing that he had been forbidden—well, not forbidden, but he had been trapped in the tree. So mm-hmm. he shouldn't be out at all. And now here he is coming back from somewhere. I—I I guess they knew that he had been to Earth. I, I don't know how much the Asgardians know about, you know, what the other Asgardian gods are doing. But um Odin tells uh, Loki, you know, you—you you can never leave here again. So there you go.
1: And Loki's like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yep, it's his dad, and he's all powerful, so he, you know, he can't do anything really. So Loki goes on about his his stuff. Um, Eventually, he spies on Thor and finds out about the Thor Blake Hammer Kane deal. And so, with that information, he concocts a plan to defeat Thor once and for all. But first he has to leave Asgard, so he uh, changes himself to a into a, a very small snake because the guardian of Bifrost, the Rainbow Bridge, is Heimdall, and he is renowned for his eyesight. That is why he is the guardian of the bridge. He can see things all the way at the far end of the bridge even though that end is in a completely different dimension. So Loki has to do something to try to get by him, so he changes himself into a little teeny snake, apparently, that is beneath Hemdal's notice, and slithers between his legs and and down the bridge and returns to Earth. Once on Earth, he takes up the guise of of this old man, as he did in the issue where he first came to Earth looking for Thor, and uh, hypnotizes Jane. Uh, gives her some sort of subliminal suggestion that we don't we don't know about. We just know that he told her something, and he goes on into Doctor Blake and reveals himself to be Loki. Um, at the sight of Loki, Blake changes into Thor, and they decide to have a little a little parley here. Um,
1: Central Park, testing our metal.
0: Yeah, basically it's the, it's the showdown at high noon between here.
1: Okay, corral.
0: They don't fight, you know, rather they, they schedule their fight. And so, uh, Loki leaves and Thor changes back to Don Blake to leave, uh, get past Jane Foster. And then he changes back to Thor to go to the park. Once at the park, he and, uh, Loki do battle, but as is always going to be the way with Loki, Loki tricks him. Uh, what he does is he dodges the hammer, Thor threw his hammer at him, Loki dodges, and his subliminal suggestion to Jane was to show up at the park at a certain time, because he knew he and Thor would be fighting. So as they're fighting, Jane shows up, Loki conjures a tiger to threaten Jane, and tells Thor, now, wise guy, you can either save Jane or you can catch your hammer, but you can't do both. So Thor, being the Boy Scout, goes after the tiger that's attacking Jane, wrestles and defeats the tiger, but alas, it takes too long, and he reverts to Don Blake. Loki, um, waiting for Thor to revert to Don Blake, then encases Thor's hammer in an impenetrable force field. So now Thor is Blake and he can't turn back into Thor because the hammer, he, he can't get to his hammer. Uh, Loki then decides that he's going to leave and menace the earth. Blake goes back to help Jane and make sure she's okay. So he, he helps her. Meanwhile, Loki does all kinds of not really bad stuff, but just mischievous kind of things. He turns all the people into the the negative or the nothings like he did when he was on Earth previously. He changes the uh, buildings and cars and everything like that into candy and ice cream and stuff like that, which just, of course, the ice cream melts and the candy just annoys people because other people and animals, whatever, lick it and stuff so to speak. Anyways. Uh Loki continues on and finds a Russian uh plane dropping a, a bomb as a test and apparently it's the biggest bomb that there's ever been made and Loki turns it into a dud and it just falls into the ocean. Apparently he decides to spread his, his menace all around the, the earth because the people start... You know, hearing more and more about these things that Loki is doing, he's he's making news more and more, apparently. Finally, um, Dr. Blake decides that he has to do something. He's not sure what he's going to do, but he recognizes that, well, he probably is the only one that can do anything, so he's going to have to figure something out. The uh, army decides to gang up and and try to attack Loki. I guess he's made enough of a menace to himself to get the army on his case. But the unit, the military unit, um, he takes all their weapons and gives the weapons wings and the weapons all fly out of the hands of the soldiers. We, We then see that Dr. Blake has come up with a plan to uh, try to trick Loki into helping him become Thor again. And so part of the plan is that Dr. Blake puts a, a fake byline in the paper. And when Loki hears about the byline, because basically what it's saying is that Thor uh, promises that by a certain time, Loki will be defeated. Loki. I think
1: it's cr- – I think it's kind of neat that Thor um uses one of Loki's tricks against him.
0: Uh, quite well, he he does. I mean, it's, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's okay.
0: So, um you know, so Loki's thinking, well, he says he's going to defeat me. How can he defeat me? Oh, man, the only way he can defeat me is with the hammer. But the hammer is is trapped in that force field. Oh, I better go check it and make sure. So he goes back to the park. And um, when Loki, I I don't quite understand it, but when Loki looks at the the invisible force field box that the hammer is supposed to be in, he looks, and the hammer's not in there. And standing there is Thor holding the hammer. So to make sure that the hammer's not there, Loki removes the force field. At which point, Dr. Blake runs around from behind this statue of Thor, this plastic dummy of Thor that he made, and runs around and grasps the hammer, thus turning into Thor. Now, making the plastic dummy holding the handle, hammer, hiding behind the dummy, throwing his voice, whatever, I can understand all that. When Loki removes the box, Thor, uh, Blake runs out and gets the hammer. I can understand that. But how did Thor make the box look empty?
1: I think it was just uh, more the panic of Loki, seeing the statue, seeing Thor, what he thought was Thor with the hammer. He's like, no, no, that can't be. So he makes the box disappear. It's not that he did. I don't think he really looked and saw that the hammer was still there. He saw Thor with the hammer in his hand and was like, oh, no, this can't be.
0: Right. Okay, so he released the box to look because that's where the hammer was supposed to right, be. Right,
1: it's like, is it a trick in my eyes that it's still there? Because look, it's there in his hand.
0: Okay, yeah, okay, that that makes sense, that makes sense. All right, so now Thor is back, uh probably kind of pissed at being tricked and at the crap that Loki's done. So Loki decides that he's going to get away by changing into a pigeon. And, of course, we all know in New York, in the park, there is never just one pigeon So now there's this whole flock of pigeons. Thor runs and gets a bag of peanuts and throws them down, and all the real pigeons go after the peanuts, but not the Loki pigeon, who flies away. As he makes chase, Thor runs by a tennis court and grabs the net and makes chase after Loki. And then Loki is flying along, just kind of biding his time, waiting until Thor gets close, because then he's going to turn into something faster, like a rocket, and zoom away. Well, before he can do that, Thor throws the net and entangles him in the net. Um, he then basically, just like he did before, just gathers Loki up and takes him back to Asgard, uh, where you know everybody can congratulate Thor and make fun of Loki and. Would You know, whatever else reindeer games they come up with. So, all right. So that was issue 88 of Journey into Mystery. Miss Terry?
1: It was a good story. It was a good – I like the way that they picked right up from the last time he saw Loki and and continued on with that story. And I can see Loki's frustration, and I'm sure that he will be back yet again.
0: Well – yeah, we know that.
1: Yeah, even in the new ones that we're doing. He, yeah, yeah, he
0: he apparently hangs around for quite a while because he's yeah. in the in the yeah. new books. Um, did you like this one the same or any more or any less than eighty seven?
1: I liked it better than eighty seven.
0: Okay, How, uh, do, do you know why? What?
1: No, I just I. No, I don't know why. I just did.
0: I, I liked it better too. I liked it better because it's it was it was a, an opponent that was Thor's equal, mm-hmm. uh, combating a bunch of communist soldiers. It, you know, to me that's a dud. Thor is you know if you believe this, Thor is a god. He he is a a Human-like being that has powers far beyond anything we can do, which means that there really isn't much we can do that would defeat him. Right. You know, so the stories, and and that won't be the last story, I don't imagine. Uh, but the stories about regular humans doing stuff, even like the the Tomorrow Man one and stuff, I'm like, mm, no, uh, you know, I know you guys got to come up with ideas, but let's leave it in Asgard. You know, let's let's do some. Some troll, dwarf, elf, Hela, Valkyrie—you know, let's let's get all the real mythology stuff into it.
1: So, is that why you enjoy the newer ones more than the old ones?
0: Yeah, because th- they've gotten past trying to use regular people.
1: Well, you have to realize when Thor first came out, when most of the superheroes in this time period—I mean, that's what they had to do. You're they right. They had to fight communism and And organized crime and that kind of thing, because that was the real bad guy
0: right, those were the bad guys of the day, yeah yeah, well and and I mean, even as far as that human element, you know this current volume tried to really get that by putting Asgard over Kansas
1: mm-hmm.
0: to where here's a small town in Kansas, and their nearest neighbor is Asgard, home of the Norse gods. So, you know, obviously even nowadays the the writers are still trying to um you know I I guess with a character like Thor that probably is the conflict that you center on is trying to keep his his humanness but also his his godliness also. And mm-hmm. so automatically there is a conflict that you can always draw on to to write stories. So, okay um issue 89 journey into mysteries the next one up here and on the cover uh basically it's just a big fat heroic thor cover we see him standing one arm is extended he's whirling the hammer behind him with the other and um uh, it's just a couple captions Starring the mighty Thor, the most colorful superhero of all. And says, see the heroic thunder god battle the forces of evil.
1: I can just hear Jane Slooning now.
0: Now, what that tells me is that um, looking at that cover, that actually looks like Jack Kirby. Um, I don't see a signature on it anywhere. So, somewhere along the way. It is
1: Kirby, though.
0: Okay, yeah. the, The cover was done. Probably before the story was done because the cover has no connection Nothing to the Nothing to do with the story. Yeah, it's just a generic cover. All right. So, uh, this one also is Lee and Lieber and Kirby and Ayers. So, our, uh, that's what? Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, seven issues now with the exact same creative team. The
1: fantastic four.
0: That's, that's gonna, that's gonna be a record over a lot of other stuff that we read seven issues that's yeah okay um story opens with thor returning from a uh, unknown mission flying through the through the city basically he turn he he's flying by one of the windows to his office actually so he's almost home and uh, some of the patients are talking in his office there and they see him fly by and Thor realizes, well, now that they've seen me fly by, I can't fly into one of my office windows because they might put it together. So I'll duck in here uh, into this mannequin shop, and I'll dress up a mannequin like me. And then what he does is he flings it out the window so it looks like it's flying. And while everybody is watching that, he sneaks in through the back of the room to get into his offices where he can change into Dr. Blake.
1: Now, who knew Thor was a seamstress?
0: Hey, you know, I, I guess that hammer uh, can grant many powers. I guess so. You know, and he even created a little hammer here. How, how did you? Uh huh. Uh-huh. Out of what? I, I, uh, I don't know. But it's a very good likeness. It's much thinner yes, it and is. smaller, but as far as the colors and the patterns, very good likeness. Okay. Um, uh, we then get a recap of. Uh, I guess they were kind of short on ideas for this issue, of how the Thor-Don Blake scenario came to be. And then we see, after a busy day of taking patients, Dr. Blake and his nurse, Jane Foster, she again is daydreaming about what it would be like to be step-and-fetch-it-for-Thor, Although not step and fetch it, because she would be doing it willingly, which makes all the difference if you're a step and fetch it. So um, I think what that is is just the perception of the female mind at the time that all females enjoyed, um, you know, being subservient, but not in a bad way, being subservient to their man. And so I guess that's that's what's what, wrong
1: with what's wrong with women wanting to take care of their man,
0: what they're trying to depict. Nothing's wrong with it. OK, I just my personal experience is I don't find it to be that common. It's a it's a, a rare and unique woman that is willing to uh devote the time and energy to take care of her man like Jane is envisioning here. So needless to say, uh all you guys out there. If uh, if you do find a woman that's willing to do stuff like that for you, you better grab onto her cuz she's she's going to be pretty rare in this world. We see that um a um, after after Jane's um musings, shall we say? Yes. We see that uh somewhere else in the city, uh at the courthouse probably, a uh a mobster has just been convicted and is being led to jail by police officers and his gang frees him well apparently this occurs in the vicinity of Dr Blake's office you know it's a where wherever this office is it is
1: centrally located to crime and destruction
0: i just it is the scene man i don't know you know so um so the gang is is freeing the mobster. Let's see if they've said his name yet. Yeah, Thug Thatcher. Oh, good name. Mm -hmm. Thug Thatcher. And they are springing him close enough that Jane and Dr. Blake can hear the gunshots. Well, in the melee, Thug gets shot. Uh, They take him on to their hideout, but a couple of the boys stay back to try to find somebody that can doctor up Thug sawbones. Yes, they call him a sawbones, yes. (laughs) Thug Thatcher and his men are looking for a sawbones. Yes, okay. Um, And uh, fortunately enough, they're right near a building that happens to have a doctor, Dr. Blake. So they go up and basically kidnap him, uh, tie Jane up, and take Blake to see Thug. When they get there, uh, Thug's woman is fawning all over him, saying about how, oh, you've got to help him, you've got to help him. And Dr. Blake is at first reluctant, but then he says, well, you know, I am a doctor, and this is what I have sworn to do, so I'll help you, not because you're threatening me, but because it's the right thing. And I'm thinking, you know, in that situation, it really doesn't matter why you're doing it. (laughs) Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. So he does. He uh, patches Thug up. And uh, while he's in, in the midst of, of patching Thug up and everything, he makes mental contact with his father, Odin, uh, telling Odin you know that he's in trouble. And Odin sends some energy down to Blake's cane, which shocks the guy that's holding the cane and, and forces him to drop it. Blake grabs up the cane and changes into Thor now to defeat the gang of thugs, which he does rather soundly and leaves most of them tied up in a tablecloth for the police to to come by and get. Some others try to escape in a car. This is a pretty cool trick. Uh, And the road that they're driving down, the, the trees are growing alongside the road. And so Thor throws his hammer and knocks down all of the trees on the side of the road to where they fall in the road and, and block the car. Basically, between the car and the, the tablecloth there, that's all of the gangsters except for Thug. And his woman. And his, yes, and his… His, his, his mall, His chica, as uh, my brother would say, I believe.
1: Yes. Back in that time, though, she was a mall.
0: A mall, yes. So they are getting away, and uh, Thug decides that he's going to go back to Blake's office and pay Blake a little visit. So he goes back and finds Jane still tied up because that's the way the bad guys left her. Thor comes in to save her, and <laughs> the mobster basically says, drop your hammer or I'll shoot the girl, and Thor drops his hammer. Of course he can't do anything you know, so okay, so he um he drops his hammer and then he distracts thug by throwing his voice and when,
1: with the super developed vocal cords
0: and when when Thor when uh thug I mean turns in the direction that the voice is coming from, Thor kicks his hammer at him and knocks the gun from Thug's hand. The hammer returns to Thor's hand, and as Thug is now distracted, reaching to get his gun, Thor whisks Jane away to keep her safely, uh, sets her safely aside, and then goes back after Thug. Thug is trying to escape by climbing up into this uh, newly constructed building, his girlfriend is, remains on the ground and he goes up into the building uh, that's just a, a steel skeleton right now. In order to, ra- rather than going up there to get him, Thor throws lightning bolts and starts melting various aspects of the building. As he's doing this, Thug runs and, and grabs a ...bucket of rivets and tells Thor that he needs to stop or he's going to dump all these rivets on the crowd below. So, of course, Thor stops. Thug then falls. Uh, Thor grabs him and hands him off to the police. And Thor says, well, you know, really the reason why I stopped is because I saw that the metal girder he was walking on had been weakened. And I knew it was just a matter of time before he fell... More than likely before he dropped the bucket. So there, there really was no danger. Uh, as, as a parting shot here, Thor erases the memory of Thug's girlfriend, which I don't think is very cool, so that she basically no longer loves the guy. Thor felt, well, that the guy is not worthy of this woman's love so I'll make her forget that love.
1: I thought that was pretty cool because, I mean, Thug was not cool in the fact that he was shooting at Thor, not caring that Ruby was standing right there with Thor, and Thor had to save her from the gunshots. And he was telling her to shut up and that that he was leaving her even though she had stood by him and, and done everything for him. So I thought it was pretty cool that Thor and Odin erased her memories of this man who apparently she was not giving up on no matter what until this happened and now she can go on and find her some other man I thought that's cool that's the girly viewpoint
0: uh I don't think they have the right to mess with somebody's mind that that's a line that's a line that you can't cross okay as a, as a good guy cuz you're changing who she is you're changing her personality. You might as well have lobotomized her.
1: No, they're just taking Thug Thatcher from her mind.
0: What right do they have to do that? Okay. So, I thought it was just kind of heavy-handed, and and everything was done. You know, it was resolved. The bad guy was captured. Da 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 We're three panels from the end of the story, and they're like, oh, bsh-, and they fry her mind. So, uh, no. No, not so much. Okay. Okay. So, anything else you want to add about that one? No. No? No. All right, guys. That was three issues of Journey into Mystery, Weeha, issues 87, 88, and 89. Now, looking ahead, the next episode, we will talk about Journey into Mystery issues 90 and 91 and the current volume of Thor issue 614 which came out uh, as we're recording this on Sunday this past Wednesday if you guys want to get in touch with us you can do so via email at the mighty Thor podcast at gmail.com. Leave a comment uh, for the episode, or just a general comment, at the website, comicbooknoise.com slash Thor. We also maintain our fan page on Facebook. Um, Terry and I are on there most of the time every day, so we'll see any comments pretty quickly. Uh, still holding strong at 24 likes there, so we we may have hit a plateau, we may have to... Do some sort of push to get some more likes going. Um, haven't seen any iTunes reviews, so that's also another way that you can get in touch with us is leave an iTunes review. As always, want to thank uh, Derek Coward for his help as the proprietor of the Deliberate Noise Network, Comic Book Noise. Uh, kind of a, a technical director for the Thor podcast and, and some other podcasts that me and, and some some close friends do, so we definitely thank Derek for all that work and help and everything.
1: Yes, we do. Thank you very much, Derek.
0: Um, well, I guess that's it for this show. Um, any Anything else you want to say or do or –
1: just be sure and come back for the next exciting episode. We're getting into that new 614, and it's very, very exciting.
0: Well, there you go, guys. What what better recommendation can you have than that? And that's from a female perspective for all you male geeks out there. So there you go. Mm, okay. Well, I guess we will see you guys at Episode 5. And until then, keep, uh, keep reading Thor and, and give us a little feedback. We'll see what we can do. Talk to you guys later.
1: Bye.